when this business is successful, then I will be able to have the family and the life and the lifestyle that I desire. And I kept those two things mutually exclusive. And it wasn't until I really had to face a lot of my personal challenges that arose through this experience that I realized I was creating that chasm myself. I was voluntarily putting these two things so far apart that it was causing conflict in both worlds. I'm Chris Ronzio. Welcome to Organize Chaos. Hey everyone, I'm Chris Ronzio, founder and CEO of Trainual, and welcome back for another episode. This one's a little bit different. We're interviewing one of my best friends, Russ Perry, who is the founder and CEO of Design Pickle. They've got close to 500 team members in six different countries around the world, and while Russ genuinely loves pickles, he says that he'll get along with anybody regardless of their affinity for cucumbers. So, weirdest intro I've ever read, but what I love about this conversation is that Russ, who runs this huge company, you know, flat rate creative design services, uh, you know, he's he's built this over the last five years, but what he's really been building this whole time is a foundation at home. He's been investing in himself, he's been creating the family, the lifestyle that he wants, and his business has succeeded around that and, and because of it, I believe. And so what Russ dives into is everything from his story and journey into creating Design Pickle to the filter of how he made his decision to create this business to how he does annual and quarterly planning and keeps his life just integrated, personal and business life on a day-to-day basis. He's an amazing friend. He's been an inspiration for me and you're going to learn a lot from this. So enjoy. Welcome back, everyone. I'm your host, Chris Ronzio. And as you heard in the intro, today we have a very special guest. And this podcast interview is going to be a little different than our normal interviews because (laughs) Russ Perry has literally been my best friend for like 10 or 11 years now. So what's up, Russ? Excellent. Are we going to talk about not business or are we going to talk about business? We're going to talk about both. I mean, I, oh, think, good. I think the main topic should be not business though. So the, just some context, like I feel like the question I get asked so often when people follow me on Instagram or see presentations and I talk about the family stuff so much and they're like, mm-hmm. is that a facade or do you really have that kind of balance? And it's something that I can't articulate as well as you because I learned a lot of <laughs> from you. So I want to <laughs> dig into this idea of like how how you merge together growing a massive company, which we're going to talk about in a second, with having just like an incredible family, an incredible look on on your personal fitness and just just how do you balance it all. So that's what we're going to get into. Excellent. Well, I mean, I think it's appropriate to start on all the mistakes that I made because uh, you've known me long enough to know that like it wasn't always that way. And and I think I have journeyed through ups and downs and depending on how deep you want to go. But uh, I want to share that, you know, this the results of today were because of not doing this very well for the first half of my career, almost nine nine years of of keeping things very separate. You know, there was work life, there was personal life, there was compromises in in both areas and, and, and often me putting work at the expense of my personal life, which didn't work out so well. 
Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into that. So before we do, why don't you give some context? What does Design Pickle look like today? (laughs) So where where I'm sitting today, Design Pickle, we are a global creative services company. We have approximately five... Excuse me, I'm getting emotional. (laughs) We have approximately 500 team members. A lot of those team members are international. Uh, We have a huge international group that focuses on our creative services, which is graphic design, custom illustration, future services later this year. And what we essentially do is we we match a, a business, an entrepreneur, a marketer, a salesperson, wherever roles they are, with the perfect creative uh, for their needs. So that could be as simple as, hey, I need online ads on a regular basis. I need to shift my messaging. You know, COVID was a huge boost for us. A lot of people changing all of their collateral and content. Uh, and, and our model is designed to be the best of both worlds between a W-2 employee in the sense that you can create a, la- a relationship with your creative, but also super flexible. So month to month, flat rate, you're never going to get billed hourly uh, or per project. And um, yeah, we have a- almost 4,000 clients around the globe and it's it's actually... 24, five, 24 hours a day, five days a week, there's creative, creative happening on the design pickle platform. Okay. So 500 employees, 500 team members in, is it like 10 countries now? Um, six countries. We were in seven. We had to put a pause on one, uh, unfortunately for some in global infrastructure (laughs) issues. Okay. So six countries and it's only been like five years, five years. Yeah. January, 2021 will be our six year anniversary. Okay, so for anyone listening to this, it's probably unfathomable to build a company with 500 people across six countries in only five years. And so I want to go back to the days before Design Pickle when you didn't have a global team and you didn't have a really cool brand and you were (laughs) kind of like the rest of us with just a little startup in a garage, right? And that's kind of where you and I met. We had both gotten married, I think, within six months of each other. And we were trying to learn how to be entrepreneurs that also needed to have a family life. So what were those early years like for you? Well, like you said, you know, we were young. I, I never took business. Uh, I went to a, a public school, a public university, uh, unlike the host here today. And um, the point is, is, is business was, and I still don't think business is accurately reflected in school anyway. It was, it was I want to have a business and I have a skill set, but I have no clue at all how to do that. And my business at the time uh, when we met was a creative agency. So really what I was, the only thing I was good at was sales. That was it. (laughs) The rest of my business was miserable. I wasn't good at delivery. I wasn't good at retained client services. I wasn't good at, even the creativity was hit or miss. Although we ended up having a really great creative team towards the end of it. And I, you know, today we talk about churn, we talk about retention. I mean, I had like a 90% churn rate with my clients. So every time I was going out, it was always to get new business. And I just thought that was normal. Like, I just thought that that's how it was. And long hours, lots of travel, lots of stories in my mind that when this business is successful, then I will be able to have the family and the life and the lifestyle that I desire. And I kept those two things mutually exclusive. And it wasn't until I really had to face a lot of my personal challenges that arose through this experience that I realized I was creating that chasm myself. I was voluntarily 
putting these two things so far apart that it was causing conflict in both worlds. My marriage was struggling. I was stressed. I, I used to struggle with alcohol. I was drinking. My, my business was in no better shape. And, it, and, it, and I had this epiphany was like, this is, this, is, shouldn't, this is not how it should be. Like, this is going to tear people apart. And, and, you know, we both have seen probably people listening to this experience that it, it truly can when you keep them in such isolated buckets. Yeah. And so when your company is really stressing you out and you feel like you're on this hamster wheel, I mean, I remember the same thing. Like I would sell a big contract and you get that rush of, you know, the, the deposit hitting the bank account or something. And then you're like, ah, oh, I've got to actually do work now. Like I got I to <laughs> yeah. fulfill this. And that's where all the problems happen. And so, so as you were going through that with your, with your agency at the time, like you had iterations of it or like what, what finally made you decide that you couldn't do that business anymore? What, how did you reach that brink? Right. There were two distinct chapters of my agency. And the second chapter was, was actually developed a little bit of a skill set that I then later used for Design Pickle. The first chapter was me on my own here in Tempe, Arizona. And we were a branding and creative agency. And I, I kind of went through my, I say, business awakening during that time, really driven by my decision to get sober. And the second chapter was, was at the tail end of, of my career as an agency owner, where I had forged a partnership with an amazing husband and wife in Argentina, learning how to do design remotely, and we managed the accounts. And that very first year I quit drinking was like the last year of my agency life. And that was when I finally had the self-awareness because I was able to kind of get beyond the stress in a healthy way where prior I was, I was, I was going to really unhealthy, destructive habits to manage it. And I was sort of able, like almost view, like I kind of rose above it into the clouds and I could see the stress and I wasn't, I wasn't distracting myself from the stress. And I just was like, this is a terrible business model. Like, I don't want to be in this at all. And, I, and, and it was a personal life decision to say, you know what? I don't know what's next. There was no design pickle. There was no recurring revenue model. There was no, none of the ideas that I currently have today were in, in play. But I, I knew this. This type of business and this type of, life, type of lifestyle, I needed to end it. Yeah. And that's what it did. You know, I didn't sell my business. Uh, we could have continued on. The analogy I always use was like putting a, a dog to sleep that you love. Like, you know, it was a compassionate shutdown to have the space and the openness to see what was next. And I remember, I don't know if you know this, Chris, I probably have told you, but we had all, we did so much print work and we always collect samples and things. Mm -hmm. And I remember the last days of the agency taking the drawers of all the work from almost the last nine years and throwing it into the dumpster. And I'm like crying because it was just like, this is no longer me. I don't really know where I'm going, but I was committed to finding out the answer. And I was committed to saying, you know what? There's got to be a better solution for who I am as a creative entrepreneur and the way that I could create value in this world as well as value for my family, income, and so on. Yeah. Okay. So, so during that time, I guess for, for anyone, again, that's listening, that's heard me and Russ in the past, 
I was renting a desk from you in your agency <laughs> and yeah. running my little solo consulting operation at the time. And I remember you going through this change, but what was really inspiring coming out of the other side of that was that you really reoriented your perspective on where business and personal life intersect. So talk us through how you laid out the blueprint for this next chapter, because I think that's something that a lot of people wish they could do is just scrap everything and start over. So how did you do it? Well, first, I did not have the skill set to just do it on my own. And I thought really practically about this. And I thought, you know what, if I was going to go learn a new physical skill, let's say swimming or let's say rock climbing, the, the best way to do that is to go hire a coach and, and learn from an expert. And so I invested in around that time, three different personal development slash coach people. One was a one-on-one -on -one coaching relationship. One was more of an ongoing coaching relationship. And the third was a conference that I went to. And between all of that, like I wasn't too selective. I just kind of was like, whatever. I remember the conference um, as an entrepreneur here, uh, her name is Vanessa Shaw. I didn't realize it was actually kind of more like a women's conference. And I showed up and it's like me, and, and the only other man there was her husband, who's a really cool guy, Robert. But like, I, I like rolled with it, you know? I was like, cool, like I'm here to learn. And so I recognized that for me to solve this problem, I couldn't do it with my current skill sets. And we know that intrinsically in business, but sometimes we're, we, we don't realize it's the same thing for personal stuff. You know, whether it's relationships with a, a partner or kids or whatever, there are people out there doing it better than you are. <laughs> go learn from them. Go read a book. And in that process, I came to this really simple technique, which was, and I've used, I, I, I haven't used it this weekend. It's, it's, you can use it on a big scale. You can use it on a small scale. It's get clear on what you want first before trying to come up with the plan to get there. So for me, at this point in my life, I didn't know what my professional path was going to be. Like I, but I knew what my skill sets were. I knew what my passions were. I knew what there were some like tangible things that I wanted, like a, a, a nicer car, <laughs> you know, these, these, these like not super meaningful things, but things that I could say, yeah, I would like a nicer car than what I currently have. And so I sat down at a coffee shop, press coffee here in Scottsdale, Arizona, and I just made this list of what I wanted. And, the, and it was like in the next three years, that was the timeline. Like in the next three years, here is what I want. Some were tangible goods. Others were, were relationship. Like I wanted to have another child. I, it wasn't clear at the time with my wife. Ended up being a daughter, our, our youngest. And so I, I put that down. Like I want another daughter. Or I want another child. And I want a nicer car. I'd like to own a house. I want to be in creativity. I still want to be a creative professional. And then that list became my compass. It was that list that I could then start evaluating decisions and, and, and saying yes or no quicker because I could say, look, this decision's going to get me closer to these things or it's not. And it, and it was really nice. And a, and a practical example was a business opportunity I had with another guy to do a, like a HubSpot agency. And, and in my list was, I want to travel and I want a remote team where I don't have to necessarily be tied to a desk. Well, this HubSpot agency was very much visiting clients, traveling, presenting, pitching in person. And while it was a cool opportunity, eh, 
it did not fit for this list. Yeah. And so six months went by until the design pickle pieces started to come together. And that was truly no joke. I mean, I just got goosebumps talking about it. The aha moment for me was when the idea of Design Pickle, didn't have the amazing brand name yet, came to about, it's like subscription graphic design. Hmm, let me check my list. And boom, 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 boom. Everything except for maybe like one little thing, which I was like, ah, it's close enough. There were, they, it matched, it, let, it passed. And yeah. that was the motivation as well as the confidence for me to, to now focus on this idea. And what it did to kind of come back to it, it ensured my personal priorities were the foundation of my professional concept and idea and venture. Because really that list, it was a personal list. It wasn't a professional uh, accomplishments kind of things that I want to do. Yeah. And, um, and then that was the, you know, that was then the domino that kicked off the pretty much the last five and a half years. So before we go into design pickle, being able to make that list really relied on you taking an honest look at your current reality, right? You had to be yeah. real with yourself, that snapshot. And so was there some tool or some, you know, was, was it through the coaching? Like how, how could people do that right now? What would you, what, what would you instruct someone to do to take that snapshot? So the content of this process was actually lifted by one of my coaches and he gave him credit by Ray Dalio. He just published a book last year called Principles. And he had an earlier essay on these principles. But it, it, it literally is this process. I'll teach everyone right now how to do it. In the next three years, what would you like to accomplish to be satisfied with your life? Put it down. And the caveats here is don't get into the weeds of the specifics. So again, personal, professional, family relationships, travel, whatever it is you want. And the term satisfied is super important because we're not seeking perfection and the most exciting things. It's just that, you know, post Thanksgiving dinner kind of vibe, like, ah, like satisfied. Yeah. And that, and that's the list. That was the list. Six to seven things, you know, you want enough on there. You want to not, you don't want 50 things. And you imagine this thing just sits in your back pocket. And then what you do is you use this inside of your decision-making. When an opportunity comes knocking at the door, you can take it out either mentally or actually and say like, look, does this match? Or when you're brainstorming your, your business, your plans, your next thing, you can say, well, will this still allow me to keep on the path for this list? And so the, the, the Ray Dalio has a much more complex version of this, but you can, you can go into it and check it out. It's built on his values, but that was it. And it's like radically simple, but I think that's why it works. And I have now done this in so many different ways in how, what vacation do we want to go on? You know, let me make a list. I'm not going to pick a place. Let me just make a list. We want a beach. We want to rent a house. We want to do these things. What kind of um, client should we go after for a new product? Well, we want clients who have this, this, and this, and this. Okay, now we can understand what kind of product it is that we need to serve. So the process works both professionally and personally. Um, 
I mean, I have so many notes on yeah. my iPhone I, with these lists. I know. I, I And I remember making a version of the list, like on one of your whiteboards, how we wanted to be able to buy our wives nice purses or something like that. <laughs> Do you remember that? Totally like meaningful thing. Yeah, yeah. really, really big picture. We're still no, working we, on it. We got, we got better at it. But <laughs> the, the uh, you know, something we have done every year together, which I think would be useful for everyone, is we get together for this like vision day of, of mm-hmm. what what do we want out of the next year? And we're making both personal and professional kind of goals for the year, right? So maybe you share that process. Yeah. And so um, there's a lot of personal development models out there that talk about, you know, your whole life, whether it's the wheel of life or, you know, 12 categories of this. One that Chris and I, you and I have done is is, is one based off of a, a, a program called Warrior. And it's four quadrants, body, being, balance, and business. And what we end up doing is we look at, you know, bodies, our, our mental, as our physical health, our wellness, our sleep, our diet, um, being is more of our mental health and, and, and or spirituality balances our, our immediate important relationships. So that can be a partner, that can be kids, uh, close family and friends, and then business is business. Typically in an annual planning process, people just look at the fourth quadrant, business. What have we done? Where do we want to go? And you and I, we sit down and we say, we re- first we reflect, which is super important and it's, and it's mind blowing. Um, and, and our process is you'll be on the board writing for me and I'll list off all the stuff we've done and then we'll flip flop. So that way you can just brainstorm and brain dump. And then when you take a step back on the reflection part, for now three or four years, we're like, holy crap. Like, look at what has been done. This is amazing. And then we set out to say, what do we want in the upcoming year in these four quadrants? And I'll add that it's important to realize you can only grow as far in your life as the lowest performing quadrant. So if you're suffering incredible challenges with health, it doesn't matter what your game plan is for your business. You will be pulled down and be in the weeds of the health issues. Similarly, if you have crazy business challenges that aren't being addressed or resolved, it's going to affect your relationships. It's going to affect your mental health. And so by being proactive about the focus on those other areas, you're also ensuring that those areas aren't going to fall by the wayside and they're going to continue to grow, which is that, you know, rising tide raises all ships analogy. Yeah. It's same, same concept in your own life. Yeah. So these big targets that we set are kind of aspirational. You know, it feels uh, daunting a lot of the times when we do. It should be scary. Things. Yeah, it is scary. But the the piece to connect to that is like, how, how do you on a daily basis make sure that you're making strides toward those big goals? Um, you know, when people talk about work-life balance, a lot of times it's it's down to the, the, the instantaneous moments where you're deciding whether you're going to stay late at work and miss dinner or, you know, it's, it's those kind of yeah. things. So how, how do you maintain that sense of balance, I guess, on a day-to-day basis? Well, I'm, I'm a very visual guy, as you can imagine, running a creative company. And so I have two whiteboards that I'm seeing all the time. The first is when I drive my car and I park my car, there's a whiteboard right by my car, like when I get out. So I ensure that I have enough, uh, the, not so much stuff, 
or I can't park in my garage. So that's a prerequisite. You have to be able to park in your garage or somewhere where you can hang a whiteboard. Or and maybe if you don't a have professional a professional organizer, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Or I mean, if you don't have a whiteboard, put it in your bathroom, put it in, when, in your entryway, you know, that part of the room where no one really sees or whatever. And I have my, my, my 90 day version of the year long outcome. So you, we set down our year long plan and then the key is to say, okay, well, in the next three months, what it is that I want to do. And that, that coordinates really nice with business planning because most business planning follows the same process. Yeah. But I'll do that in the, in the other three personal areas. So I'm visually seeing that every day at home. And then I have a more expanded version of just business at the office with, with everything else. Yeah. So that's number one is you have to make it visible. If it just sits inside a trainual where you're not seeing it all the time. <laughs> Actually, we should see it inside a trainual. But if it sits in a book, it sits on a note on your phone or whatever, you, you, you will forget. And it's, you know, all the great, great intentions. So put it somewhere. Yeah. The next is then that, that quarterly review. And I think that's the important part too, is we don't just meet in January and say, peace out. Every 90 days, I am looking back and having a mini version of what has been accomplished and where do I want to go in the next 90 days and how do I course correct? And that cadence and the, the, the discipline to do that is surprisingly challenging with how busy we all are. So I will every 90 days block out one full day, 90 days out for this review. And I always am making sure I have one day protected every, it's usually more like every 90 to 120 days that I'll, I'll do that one day. Um, yeah. by myself. So same idea, just repeating it with smaller time increments and, um, and ensuring that there's actual visibility of where it is you want to be. Yeah. And so how do you make sure that you're on track? You know, like if you have great annual goals, you've got great quarterly targets that you set, you're seeing your whiteboards I think it comes back to that filter that you created, right? To make sure that your, your life day to day is, is maintaining that balance of keeping all the relationships with, with your family in, in good standing, keeping your relationship with yourself in good standing with, with your mind, with your, your fitness, right? Yeah. And it's not easy. My filter list from 2014 is completely outdated today. So you're balancing the near term things and challenges and aspirations of what you want with the longer term vision of who you want to become. And that's really the, the two differences. The 90 day and the year long plan are, here's what I want to do. And the, 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 the list, if you will, is who, here's who I want to be. And here's the things that I want to become. So as things are accomplished, thankfully I was able to get a, a new car. Like that's now not on my list and a car won't be on my list. Cause I love my car. I'll pay it off in a, a year or so. And like, that's going to be my car. Um, so I now have other things, which is more like, like next year, my oldest daughter turned 16 and, and, um, I want to take her to New York city. She's never been, I want to have a really cool experience there. She's into theater. So, so, you know, if I am looking, if that's on my list and there's some huge um, conference we're planning 
for work, I'm going to make sure that I can still do this trip with my daughter and there's not going to be a conflict with, with travel or with work, yeah. or I'll put that in my calendar first. So yeah. that's the first priority. So you're always evaluating it. And I will say, as you mature and grow in this process, you'll find your list grows or shrinks. Um, but I think it's, ask yourself, do I have enough self-awareness to even go through this process and discipline? And if the answer is no, go hire a coach and find someone that can guide you through it. Because there's 20 different versions of what we're talking about out there. Yeah. Um, second sounds- is, do you have the time scheduled to do it? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. Like, that's what I was just going to say, like, it sounds so easy, but you just reinforcing the calendar, put it on the calendar, put the yeah. New York trip on the calendar, put date nights on the calendar, put yeah. driving to school on the calendar, put, you know, like the things you want to do, the, the, even your, from your planning sessions to the little family, family dinners that the, if you put that stuff on there, then work fills in around it. And, and it, people it, feel like it's, it's, it's like impersonal to be like, Hey, honey, I'm scheduling, I'm putting day night in the calendar. I'm scheduling Friday night dinner with our family. But the reality is we will not do it. Like the truth is we won't do it unless we do that. So like, don't worry about it. It might be weird. Your significant other or your kids might be like, why are you doing that? But look, we do it like in work. If we want to have a meeting, we schedule it and it happens. So why would we treat our personal life any differently? 100%. So if you get one <laughs> takeaway from this, it's to put all your personal stuff on the calendar. All right. So, so we talked about the goal planning, quarterly, annual planning. We talked about the daily occurrences, making things just a priority. So you've really been able to put that to work to build a huge business. But like you said at the beginning, it took working on you first. Mm-hmm. Like old Russ Perry could not have built Design Pickle. I know right. that. And, and, and so I think people see what you've created and they wonder how to copy the, the business principles. But I think what they miss is how much work you've put in on the personal side. And I've gotten a lot you know, from you, inspiration from you. Um, You forced me to run around a mountain a bunch of times when I was (laughs) first first getting into the the fitness thing. So thank you for that. Um, If, uh, is there any other little tips or hacks or things you'd recommend for people trying to take the reins in this area? Well, I, I think it's, it's the advice, but also, you know, the, concept that the same applies for your teams. And it's important to lead and live a life of example for personal growth, but know that your teams are watching. And while obviously with, you know, HR rules and things, there's a certain limitation of, of what's appropriate and, and, and uh, you can't force your team to, to, Hey, let's talk about your marriage or something like that. But I do believe that part of our success has been that I have given opportunities for my team members, even at a small level to a large level to also invest in their own personal growth. And that's created a really tight network because there's, excuse me, pardon me, it's real, real life here. Um, That's something that has allowed them to know that, Hey, the same concepts applies. Like it's not just about show up every day and work. We want to make sure you have the skill sets and the knowledge to manage what else is going on out there. 
And so we have extra benefits that support that. We have reimbursements that support that. And that goes for our global team. So that's like the other thing is don't, don't hold this just for yourself. How can you enable this to be something that's part of your company culture? And, and ultimately, it will create a really trusting culture. And what we've seen is a pretty high-performing culture because people are happier, which in turn leads to, to just a better environment. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and not happy where you work, come work for Design Pickle or Trainable. <laughs> we will invest in you. But Russ, uh, you've put out so much content on this too. So if people want to dig deeper into this, where should they go? So uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a weird library. You'll see a lot of different phases of my life, but the best, best place for this kind of content is just on my personal website, which is russperry.co. I also have a nice little handy daily time planner that I, I use. It's a printable where I actually um, get into the nuances of time blocking and time planning, which is a whole other podcast episode we could do, which I'm really <laughs> a big nerd about it. Um, but you can go through the blog. There's podcasts. There's lots of content. I'm not currently publishing stuff there, but it's a huge library of a lot of stuff I've done over the years with tons of tons of content on this topic. Awesome. So check that out. And for Design Pickle, where do they find that? Man, go to designpickle.com. I mean, again, flat rate creative services. And, uh, it, and it's, I'm not just saying this. I mean, obviously I love my company, but what you'll feel is people who care. And that's like a huge, huge part about what we do um, inside of that. So if you need help creating, need help pivoting, um, need help building a vision board for your new life, <laughs> designing it, we'd love to help. Awesome. All right, Russ. Well, thank you. Uh, obviously, love hanging out with you. Thanks for spending some time here. Um, for anybody else that's listening that follows me online on Instagram or YouTube or LinkedIn, you'll see Russ pop up in my stories all the time. I'm, I'm always... <laughs> with him or tagging him in something. So it's been really fun to build a business alongside his. But um, Russ, thanks again for being here. Dude, thanks, Garen. I'm so lucky I finally got invited to come after all these episodes. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to Organize Chaos. If you like this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review or share it with anyone in your network that you think could use this information. If you want to connect with me personally, please text me 480-531-8411 or connect with me anywhere on social at Chris Ronzio. Or you can connect with Trainual at Trainual, just like a training manual. See you next time.